Today we're talking about the subject of perseverance. Perseverance and what that means. When I moved to Utah, I knew that I was going to be up against the greatest test of perseverance that I've ever faced in my life. And that was getting a Utah driver's license. Some of you have experienced this. Now I'm thinking this takes about an hour, right? You just show up, you get your paperwork, you do all this stuff, right? It takes about an hour. So the first time I went, I'm like, I'm going to go, I'll arrive at about 7.30, I'll get up early, arrive there about 7.30, wait in line for an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, and then I'll, I'll get through. And I have a 10.30 appointment that day, so I figured I'd be out by 10 o'clock, you know, I'd be there for two and a half hours, no problem. I get there at 7.30, and I kid you not, every parking spot was filled. And there was a line from the door all the way to the back of the parking lot. People in the front of the line were in sleeping bags. I'm like, are they selling rock and roll tickets here? Am I missing something? And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get out of here by 10 o'clock to get my appointment. I'm out of here. So I gave up. Next time I went, I was like, okay, I'm going to take my wife with. At least I'll have some company there. And uh, so we'll go. And so we decided on a day that we didn't have anything else to do. We decided to go and mid-morning we get there and this line's still out the door. I'm like, what is going on with this place? So we wait in line. As we're waiting in line, we're supposed to fill out paperwork, right? So it's like you're standing in line and there's nothing to write on. You're starting finally get to the guy and hand him this paperwork and he gives me a number, right? Gives you a number. When they call your number, you know, you can go up to the desk. So we sit there and we wait an hour. Now, you can't leave this place, right? Because if they call your number and you're not there, you're done. you got to go back and get another number. So you can't leave. So you sit there, an hour goes by. And I'm watching people go up to the counter. And it seems like it takes forever for one person to get through the line. And um, so I'm waiting. Another hour goes by. It's two hours. Our numbers look close, but it's not really close. Another hour goes by. I finally get called up to the counter. And I get up to the counter. I give the lady my papers. She does all her stuff, blah, 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 you know, types her stuff in, does a stamp, you know, blah, blah, blah. She gives me the paperwork back. And here I'm thinking, now I get to go get my picture taken and I'm out of here. Huh? This is what I've experienced everywhere else I've lived. But no, after three hours, they hand me my papers. They go, go see that guy over there. I'm like, what? The pictures guy's over there. He's just like, no, go see that guy over there. So I go see the guy over there. I hand him that. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like looking through my papers. I'm like, oh, I've been here three hours. I'm dying here. Um, and he gives me an eye test. And then he hands the papers back and he goes, and then he hands me a book. And he goes, you have to go over there and take a 25-question open book test. An open book test? Like, I've been sitting here three hours staring at the walls, and I could have been studying for an open book test, right? In college, I had open book tests, but I had access to the book before the test. Now I got a 75-page book that I've never seen before. I'm sitting in front of a terminal, and the questions are timed. And so if you don't answer the questions in enough time, it turns the computer off, right? And you got to come back. So now, I mean, these people are worried about time. Seriously. Give me three hours per question. I can get this thing. And then I get in there, and there's three questions on how a pedestrian should act. 
I'm coming for a driver's license, not a pedestrian license. So if some of you don't have a don't drive and you don't have a driver's license, you might want to get down there and check out the rules for pedestrians because there's a whole bunch of them in the book. Then I get this question on how how you can use a national driver's license. Did you guys know there's such a thing as a national driver's license? I didn't, but it's in the Utah book, but I can't find it. And here I'm sitting there, and the guy next to me, he says kind of in broken English, he's like, he's waving at the picture guy over there. He goes, hey, uh, um, I failed again. Um, what do I do? You know? And the guy's like, well, you got to wait 48 hours and come back. And I'm sitting there going, ah! <laughs> I can't fail this test. I'm not coming back here in 48 hours. So I'm like going, I'm sweating bullets. My wife's down at the other terminal going, I'm going to get a better score than you are, you know. And I'm like, oh, I still can't find the answer on the national driver's license, you know. So I guess on that one. And I get through it. Oh, I couldn't believe it. And finally, I made it. I got my picture taken and bam. I got a Utah driver's license. A test of perseverance like none other. This series is called Everything, and we've been looking at 2 Peter chapter 1, and I just would like you to open to that if you got your Bibles. The words will be up here on the screen. But I've been reading this passage over and over and over again for probably a month now, and just really trying to let this passage become a reality in my life and in my heart. But I want to read it and give a little emphasis to some of the words that we'll be talking about today. This is a letter from Simon Peter, the disciple of Jesus. He says this, Simon Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything. Do you hear that? His divine power has given us everything we need for godliness through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them we may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Do you hear that? His promise, we can participate in the divine nature and we can escape the corruption of the world. Those are some great promises, if you ask me. Verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort. We've been really focusing on that in this message series. Make every effort to add to your faith. Add these things to your faith. Here we go. Goodness. And to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, and he has forgotten that he's been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. Did you hear that? If you do these things, you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord 
and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before we tackle this message today, I just want to give you a little definition of perseverance. This Greek word is hupomon. Sounds kind of weird, but it's a Greek word that says hupomon, and, and hupo means to remain, and uh, meno means to bear under. So it's to remain under this pressure, to persevere, to remain under pressure is, this, is what this uh, word means. Perseverance looks at any trial and says, I'm never going to give up. I'm going to go for it. I'm not going to change. I'm going to go for the goal. Perseverance is the runner who runs and runs. Even though he's running out of energy, even though he's running on empty, he's running for the race. He's running for the finish line. He, even though he falls, he gets back up. The runner always goes towards the finish line. This is what perseverance is. So why is it that we, we feel like giving up on things all the time? I know I give up on things all the time. The temptation is always there in front of us to give up. We're tempted to give up on our relationships. We start projects and we give up on our projects. Some people give up on their marriages. They give up on their kids. They give up on people. Some people have given up on church. Ah, a bunch of hypocrites. I give up on church. Some people have given up on church people. And some people have given up on God. I said, ah, this faith thing, it's just not worth it. The temptation is always in front of us to give up. But here in 1 Peter, he says, add to your faith perseverance. Add to it this bearing under the weight. Add to it perseverance. I love this verse in Romans chapter 15, verses 4-6. through six. Take a look at this. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of Scriptures, we might have hope. Where do we get our hope? We get our hope from Scripture and the encouragement from Scripture and we get our hope from endurance. Get that? We get our hope from endurance. And then look at the next verse. Verse 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and one mouth you may glorify God the end father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is the one who gives us endurance. He's the one who gives us perseverance. He's the God of endurance and He's the God who gives us endurance. Perseverance says, I will never give up. I will finish the race. I'm going to put my faith in God and I'm going to go forward. 1 Peter chapter 1 reminds us, it reminds us that His divine power gives us everything we need. And then he says, make every effort to add perseverance to your faith. He gives it to us, but then add it to us. Here's the cool thing. You know, you can have perseverance in life without God, right? People persevere all kinds of things, sickness or, or races or or prejudice or anything. You can have perseverance without God. But get this, 
There's something that happens when you add perseverance to your faith. Check this out in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 2. This is one of the verses that I keep coming to in my life. It says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Did you get that? What does the testing of your faith do? What does it give you? Perseverance. The testing of your faith gives you perseverance to get through. And then when perseverance added to your faith, what happens then? When you add perseverance to your faith, perseverance finishes its work. That's what he says in verse 4. It finishes its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This message series is called what? Everything. And if you have everything God has given to you, you will not lack anything. You get that? That to me is amazing when you put 1 Peter and James together and you see this. So where do we get this perseverance to help us make us mature and complete? I think what we have to do is look to the God who endures to the God who endures in Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 now here's the picture that the writer of Hebrews is trying to give us okay there's this stadium right and everybody sitting in the stadium is somebody who followed Christ before in the past maybe it was Joseph or Moses or maybe it was the apostles or whoever it was all these people that have followed Christ in the past, they're in the stands and they're cheering. And you are down on the stadium floor getting ready for a race. The race of faith. And they're all there going, you can do it. All right, keep up. This is the picture that the writer of Hebrews is giving us when we read this. Here we go. You ready? Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, these people in the stand, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The way we don't lose heart and grow weary in this race of faith, in this race of our life, is we consider what Jesus did for us. We look and fix our eyes on Him. So, we have this, I, I want, uh, Jane's going to bring our little illustration out here today. Thank you, Jane. All right. The cross. Thank you. I'll take that. All right. Get this. So what, is, what does persevere mean? To remain under. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, 
Jesus said this, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. That's what he said. You have to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow you. If anyone wants to follow me, that's what he has to do. And the cross, it's our trials, it's our tribulations, it's our suffering, it's our sickness, it's the things that come towards us in life that we have to bear ourselves. And the temptation for us is to not remain under, right? This is too heavy for me to bear. It's not to to remain under. And so what we do is we're supposed to be doing this. We're supposed to be fixing our eyes on Jesus, right? And following Him. You want to follow me? You pick up your cross and follow me. But what do we do? Oh, we're so tempted to do this. We turn around and we look at this. We look at our trials. We look at these things and go, why is this happening to me? Why did I lose my job? I work harder than anyone in my company. Why, why is this sickness coming upon me? Why am I having such hard times in relationships and problems? Why is this? And we look at this while Jesus is over here. And we're like, we focus on this. But what happens when you pick up your cross? Right? You can't see it anymore. Because where is your focus? Your focus is on Jesus. You're bearing under this trial. But this works itself for us to be mature and complete. This is what we hold on to. And this is who we follow is Jesus. I'm going to set this right over here. So perseverance. Finishing the race. Running the race. How are you going to persevere through all the things that you're going through right now? The answer is this. Fix your eyes on Jesus. A few weeks ago, I was getting a treatment for an illness that I have. And this treatment was supposed to be three days of IV. Um, And I get it. And um, it was supposed to take four to six hours to come from the bag into my body. And I had gotten this before, and I didn't get really sick from it. Um, But I went to a new place, a different place that was giving it to me. And as they were giving it to me, it seemed like it was going a little fast. And I'm looking at the nurse going, I'm going, it says this many milliliters per hour, and that's kind of figures out to be like two hours. She's like, oh, no, no, you know, don't worry about it. We took care of it, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be four to six hours. And I'm like, that looks like it's going too fast. Two hours into it, it was done. And for whatever reason, two hours is different than six hours. Because she unhooked me, I got up from the bed, And I started walking out. I felt like I was going to die. Seriously. I felt like I'd just been hit by a train. Like my whole body was crushed. I couldn't believe it. And and before I had gotten this treatment, and I had just gotten in my car and drove home. But this time, I, I got walked down. And I was walking about this fast. I was dragging my feet. I could hardly walk. I got to my car and put it in drive. And I'm like, I feel like I'm going to die. And all I could do in that moment was say, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus right there. And I began to sing this song that I hadn't sung in a long time. And I didn't sing it very well, obviously, because I was, but as I'm driving home, I'm singing, You are my all in all. It goes like this You are the strength when I am weak. 
You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. I just put my focus on Him. Worthy is your name. You've taken my sin, my cross, my shame. Rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God. Now that was just one day of agony. And I went home and I laid in bed for the rest of the night and I felt a little better in the morning. That was one day of agony for me. But I was thinking as I prepared this message, what if I was faced with what Jesus was faced with? Would I really persevere? Would I really want to go for that? Would I really lay my life down for Him? It's kind of interesting. After Hebrews chapter one verse, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, He says, look at Jesus who endured the cross. Look to Him as your example of what you can endure, what you can persevere through. But then there's this reality check, right? In verse 4, let's look at Hebrews 12, verse 4. It's a reality check. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. The writer of Hebrews says, come on. You haven't shed your blood. You haven't been beaten to a pulp. Come on. You haven't faced the trials, trials like Jesus has faced them. And so, when I was thinking, how tough would it have to get for me, for me to want to give up? And I was just pondering that thought as I was preparing for this message. I'm like, I don't know what I would have to suffer before I give up. And then I was reminded of Jesus. There's a back a few chapters in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. It says this about Jesus. When it says high priest, that they're talking about Jesus. Look at this. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, but was without sin. Do you get this? It says Jesus was tempted in every way that we were. He can sympathize with our sufferings. He can sympathize with the pressures that we face. Some of you may remember a movie in 19, that came out in 1988 called The Last Temptation of Christ. Anyone remember that? You do. And you won't admit that if you saw it anyway. But it was a fictional depiction of Christ about the temptations that he would face. And of course, being Hollywood, right? What is the last temptation Jesus faces? Sex. Right? Because Hollywood, they just always have to throw that in there. But the last temptation of Christ, you can find it in the Scriptures. It's in Matthew chapter 26. We're not gonna, I'm not going to look at that. I'll just give you. You can look it up later. Matthew 26, 36 through 46. The last temptation of Jesus, I'll tell you what it was. It was the night before He was crucified. He took His friends up to a garden called Gethsemane and He said to them, okay guys, this is the 
final hour, dudes. We have got to pray. So you stay here and pray. I'm going to go a little farther. I'm going to take Peter, James, and John with me. And so he takes Peter, James, and John. He goes a little farther. He says, all right, guys, you got to pray. I'm going to go a little farther. So he goes a little farther. And he gets down on his face in this garden. And he says to God, and this is my paraphrase, he says to God, I want to give up. Tomorrow is the cross. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be lied about. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be hung on a cross. I'm going to be humiliated. And God, Father, I don't want to do it. I do not want to do this. What does he say after that? But not my will, but your will be done. I'd want to give up too. Feeling the weight of the entire sin of the world on my shoulders, I'd want to give up too. Then he goes back to his friends, right, who are supposed to be praying. What are they doing? They're sleeping. That would make me want to give up too. I mean, these guys are supposed to be in this with me, right? And nobody's in this with me. I'm all alone. I'm all alone with the suffering. He gets his friends. He says, wake up. This is the time. You've got to pray with me. And he goes back. Three times he does this. Three times he goes and prays. Three times he goes and wakes up his friends. And he always, he goes back and prays. And he says, God, I want to give up. But I won't do my will. I'll do your will, God. And then he says to his friends, okay, rise up. Let's go. That's perseverance. When it looks in the face of even the most horrible death anyone could ever imagine. He looked at it and he said, okay, I'm looking at the cross. I know the joy that comes from the cross because people are going to be set free. So I'm going to look at that. I'm going to look at that cross. Jesus said, and he looked at it and said, that's going to set people free when I die and raise again. The question for you today is this. Will you accept God's will and do it? Or will you give up and do your own thing? Do your will instead of God's will. Perseverance that is added to our faith says, let's rise up. Let's go. Let's go forward in what we're doing. Some of you here are here today and you're just not ready to add perseverance to your faith because frankly, maybe you haven't put your faith in Christ. And this God of endurance and this God of encouragement that stands by the race and says, you can do it. Come on, I'm going to encourage you. That God is a real God. And His Son was a real Savior. And if you have never crossed the line of faith and said yes to Him, today is the best opportunity to say yes to Him. Because He will give you everything you need for life and godliness. That you can escape the corruption of this world. That's an incredible promise. To those of you who are followers of Jesus, you've said yes to Jesus and you're following Him. The question today is this. What is holding you back? Right? What sins are entangling you? What person or, or things are dragging you down? 
that you haven't thrown off. Maybe God's been after you and said, you got to stop doing this. I need you 100%. you got to stop. And you're like, ah, I just want to hang on to this one thing, right? To run the race. He's like, you'll never be able to pick up this cross and follow me if you're holding on to this stuff. For you, what are you holding on to that you can't give up? Some of you are, are just facing trials of many kinds. Trials of many kinds. They could be financial trials. They could be relational trials. You could be fighting spiritual battles. Some of you maybe physically are going, I'm just not who I used to be. But man, what a promise if we fix our eyes on Jesus. Isn't that a great promise? If we just fix our eyes on Him and we go towards the finish line, you can do it. You know, I want to just encourage you today to say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to throw off everything. Everything that's hindering me. Everything that's entangling me. Things that have come up, I'm going to throw them off and run with perseverance. The race marked out for me. And guess what? Every single saint that has lived in the past is, going to, is cheering you on. They're going, come on. It's worth it, baby. It's worth it. Come on. You can do it. You can run this race. Yes. God of all encouragement is standing there as your coach on the sideline. He's going, come on! Dig it out! Come on! You know, because if you dig it out, you're going to be mature and complete and you'll be lacking nothing. I need you to dig it out. And if you feel like you want to give up right now, I'm saying to you, dig it out. God's saying to you, dig it out. Get up. Run this race. I want to just pray for you guys today um, before we go on with our, with our service today. And let's just do that. Heavenly Father, I thank You for every person sitting here. God, You love them. You care about them. You want them to add perseverance to their faith. And for those who haven't yet crossed that line of faith, all they have to do is say yes to You, Jesus. If that's You today and You're just sitting here as I'm praying, just say yes to Him. Say, yes, I want this. I want everything. And He'll give it to you. For those of you who are here and you feel like giving up, I just want to pray a blessing upon you. I pray that, that every trial and every temptation and everything that you're under right now will be released. That you will press through. You will press through and carry that cross and remain under it knowing that on the other side, is maturity and completion and everything that God has for you. I just pray that blessing upon you that you will experience everything that God has for you. I just thank you for that, Jesus. We give you all the glory, the honor, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to... we got a few more things to do today. and It's kind of an interesting end of the message. So hang with us, okay? But before we go on, I'll, it's going to take perseverance. Do you know that? For us as a church to do the mission that God's called us to. I want to take a look at K2's vision. Let's look at K2's vision. Do we have that? Oh, let's try it again. Here we go. Ready? All right, here it is. I want you guys to read this with me. Here we go. To be a church with reckless faith in Jesus Christ, fleshed out in sacrificial love, 
service to those in need, and a commitment to draw people into an ever-deepening relationship with God. Let me look at, the, look at this. Is that going to take perseverance to do that? You better believe it is. And let's look at our mission. K2's mission. Read this with me. Here we go. To establish multiplying churches throughout the Western Rockies and the world that engage those being sought by God. Here's the cool thing. Is that going to take endurance? To go into the Western Rockies and into the world to establish churches? Come on! It's going to take a little endurance. It's going to take a little perseverance. It's going to take a little bit of, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this thing. So here's the cool thing. We have an incredible announcement they're going to make about how we are going to take our first steps at accomplishing our mission. And to do that, Mr. Andy Marshall, give him a big round of applause. Good morning. Ah, this is a very exciting day. Very exciting. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I'll tell you in a second. Very exciting. So we've been talking about perseverance and, uh, and as that relates to this, this church here, our mission statement you just read there to be, we're going to multiply churches up and down the Western Rockies. When we wrote that, we didn't actually realize this wasn't really technically the Western Rockies. So we probably should change that to the Wasatch Range. And, uh, but we want to do that, right? Is that right? The Uintas? The... We'll stick with, uh, Rockies. But what we're really excited about is this isn't it. This is not it. The K2 has not been called to just simply have a church in this location. And so we have been, we've been praying and scheming and talking and praying and scheming and talking and, and just really wanting to know what's on God's heart. Let me tell you just a quick little story and then, uh, then we'll move on here. Um, about three years ago, I was sitting on a bus, this bus in the middle of nowhere, uh, it, like somewhere in Russia. I have no idea where I was. And, uh, it just looked like those fields. Um, you've ever seen Teletubbies? It's like the start of Teletubbies. Field, hill after hill after hill. Some of you are going, Teletubbies, I have to check that out. No, you do not. Do not watch that show. You'll be like, that was a waste of my time. But it, it was like that in Russia, just hill after hill. And I was looking out and I was just praying because we were on this, this bus for hours and hours and hours. And, uh, and, and as I was praying and talking with God about what he would personally have me to do in, in my life, I just felt him build this, this, this desire coming up inside of me to do it again. And that's the phrase that came to me during that, that bus ride. Do it again. I mean, we're just on the heels of K2 launching here. We've only been around for four, almost five years now. And it's just kind of on the heels of that. I hear this, do it again. I'm like, are you kidding me? So since that day, Beth and I have been praying and talking like, could we do this again and again and again and, and continue to, to experience what we have, have, have experienced here at this North Campus? And then October of 2007, as a management team, we were talking and, uh, and, and Dave really, really asked Beth and I to really play, uh, pray about whether or not we would be uh, able to, to lead a South Campus and what that would look like. And it's almost like prayer was a formality at that point. So I feel like God had already been doing the working in our hearts as a couple and in many people around us that we've been talking to. And so here it is. Are you ready? We're going south. Yeah. Woo! We're going south. Oh, we even got a wave in the front row. That's awesome. We're going south and we're just not talking about it. We're actually doing it because we're like in the last year and a half, we've been talking about it. We have a date. Are you ready? Grab your pens. Everyone write this down, right? September 27th of this year, we will be starting with our very first, very first service down south. 
I know, isn't that amazing? Look at that. We were kind of scared. Should we say the 27th? Just put fall. That way we can fudge it by a week if we need to. No, it is the 27th. On that day, the 27th of September, we will be five years old, and we will also be opening up a brand new location on that day. Pretty amazing. So 27th it is, and we've been trying to find a location. That's been the hardest part. Where do you meet with a bunch of people, you know, where you can stay from out from underneath the rain and have enough place to park and be able to afford and this and that? i got to tell you, I've spent so many tanks of gas driving West Jordan, South Jordan, Sandy Draper, uh, Northern Arizona, whatever. I've been everywhere looking for a location, and we thought we found a location. I'm serious. We're like a year I've been doing this, and we finally found a location. And so it is at 9800 South and I-15. I don't know technically what that is. I think it technically is still sandy at that point. But uh, it's right off the, the, the west side of the freeway there. And it's the Salt Lake Community College Miller campus location. And it is very, very sweet. And uh, we've been down there. In fact, next this Thursday, 4 o'clock, I'm giving personal tours if you want to go. They're free. And we're going to go look at the location. But uh, if you can't make that, we thought we would actually show it to you. You remember MTV Cribs? Yeah. We got our own crib video. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So uh, here is the crib video of our south location. Hey, so this is the original K2 crib. It started four years ago. In fact, it was September 26th of 2004. And since that time, man, there's been a lot of changes, mainly you guys. Just coming in here, packing out the building, so much so that last year, September 28th, we started this guy here, the white box. This year, we got a big deal going on down south. It's the new K2 crib down south. I'm going, I hope you're going too. In fact, we should go right now and check it out. Jump in with me, let's go. Hey Andy, wait for me. Andy! 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 Wait! Well, hey, welcome to the uh, the South location. We are at the Salt Lake Community College, Miller Campus, down here in West Jordan, South Jordan, Sandy Draper area. We're standing in our new lobby, and I uh, just want to take a few minutes to kind of show you around. And uh, come with me. Dude, this is going to be awesome. Can you see like people hanging out in here? Totally the whole time. So this is going to be our auditorium area here. This is where we'll build a big stage and then straight out of the sky, these, these huge screens will come down. There'll be seating space for 400 people here. The seats in here are padded. Oh, so you can just have unobstructed rest while Andy teaches. <laughs> and here's where we're uh, various people will teach and where various people will lead worship and stuff like that. And I will always love you. I will always love you. 
No, it's good. It's totally good, especially the end note. I mean, you can like, you really blow, dog. That top note that you hit is a little pitchy, but I think if you did some work on it, you can stretch I, for it. I can tell. Now you've been running skills. It's good. Save it though. Save that one. Save it. Hey, here at South Campus, we have a great facility for kids as well. And I just want to take you around and, and show you where we're going to be. All right, follow me. Here we go. And so our two-year-olds are going to be up here, right in here, in room 224. We're going to turn this room into our preschool large group room. We'll take all those tables out and we'll set up a great, cool little large group room for them. We're going to be doing our elementary in the building next door. So let me take you over there. You want to come see it, Brad? Great. All right, let's go. This will be our elementary space. We're right uh, adjacent to the conference center. We're going to set up a cool adventure canyon every single week. We'll be having arts and crafts. Kids will be learning the Word of God. We'll be having dramas. They'll be having a great fun time to bring their friends to here in the south part of the valley. Thumbs up, huh, Brad? Hey, we've even got a great spot for our fifth and sixth graders. Down here, they can have as much chips, candy bars, Pepsi, whatever they want. We also have a great coffee bar that uh, we wanted to show you. It's really nice. Located conveniently right in this corner next to the snack machine. Brad, what do you recommend? Cinnamon roll cappuccino. Cinnamon roll. They don't have that at North. No. <laughs> no, this is a pretty swank. It's good. It's K2 South Coffee. It's the best. We're totally just kidding. We actually do have a kitchen here. We got a commercial sized kitchen with uh, refrigerators, everything that we need to make sure that our coffee needs are taken care of. We've got room to do all kinds of food, stuff like that. Uh, anything that we need, it's all available. What up, Dave? And uh, this kitchen also doubles as our loading dock. This is where we're gonna be bringing in all the stuff on Sunday morning, right through these doors. So basically, we'll be grabbing all of our gear, pulling it in, and under one hour, be able to set up all of church. We're gonna get that done, set up the church. Before you know it, on Sunday mornings, it's portable. We'll be having church all together. It's going to be great. So there you have it. Our newest location for K2 South Campus right here at the Miller Campus of Salt Lake Community College. It's not too late for you to join the South Campus launch team. So sign up, check it out. We'd love to have you. Thanks for visiting our newest K2 crib. South location. It's actually, no, it's the other way. It's a South crib. That's right. Peace out. Yeah, woo! That's awesome. So if you look around, you see all these t-shirts? Anyone who's, yes, anyone who's wearing these t-shirts are going, is going south. So I'm seeing like a, a little flood of t-shirts out there. In fact, we're going to give you some. Do we have t-shirts to give out? Couple? There they are. Excellent. Thanks for pointing that. And uh, so if you want a t-shirt, here you go. Just grab one. Wow, they're going for, good night. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Here, toss me some of these out there. And uh, so throw these, throw these. Oh, look out. Very good. Oh, 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 oh. Wow, you're going to have to talk to Mike Siepert about that. <laughs> hey, so if, if you want to go south, it is not too late. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, no. Oh, please. Yeah. Hands up, hands up. Front row. Front row. Oh. Yeah. All right, we're just, we're just kidding. Woo! We're just kidding. Underneath your seat, pull out. There's a little tiny 3x5 card underneath your seat. Everybody grab one of that, even if you're not going south, grab one of that. And uh, what I'd like you to do is just write yes, or actually write north or south on it. We just want to get an idea uh, of just kind of what you've been thinking. 
and, uh, and whether or not you're going to be heading south or not. So write your name on it and write north or south, and you can place that in the offering in, uh, as it comes around here just in a few minutes. Well, I think that's it. 200 people, 200 people have already said that they are committed to go south. My feeling is that that's probably going to be swelling in the days to come. So we'll keep you in the loop with all the details and uh, very, very excited what God is doing. Yes, sir. Excellent, excellent. We have a visitor up here from Michigan, Verna, Don. They actually planted... They planted K2 with us uh, about uh, five years ago, and they're back to visit, and apparently you're moving south. That's excellent. Great. Did not know that. I'm sure you did not either, so glad you're here. Hey, so let's let's worship this God, because what I feel like out of this, this is not because we're clever. This is not because we're, we, we've really got great strategic plans. You know what this is? This is following God in the mission that he has called us to. That's what we're doing. We're just going to be obedient. And this is the next leg of the journey. I feel like the next leg is just starting for what he's asked us to do. And in order to do that, I'm telling you, what a perfect day that we're talking about perseverance. We are going to have to press on. We're going to have to press on because God presses on. He has, he has covered so much time and space and spiritual barriers and whatever it is to save our hearts, to, to give us grace and forgiveness. And we press on because he first loved us he first made the move in our in our life and we're gonna we're gonna do the same in others so let's worship this god let's uh let's continue to uh to to add that perseverance to our faith and even as dave just got done saying when we do that then we will have everything we need for this life